This is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Chris provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Hey, welcome back, everybody. My name is Chris Anselmo, Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Uh, you're listening to The Road to Retirement. And our co-host today, as always, is Tony Shore. How you doing, Tony? I am doing great, Chris. Great to be here. I'm excited. I've drank. I've, I'm pumped up. I've had about 40 cups of coffee this morning and in <laughs> uh, preparation yeah. just so I can keep up with you, Chris. Yeah, you know I, I'm, I'm not I'm not a coffee guy, but a lot of a lot of people are. But they say yeah. you should be because I guess it's uh, it's supposed to be good for your brain, believe it or not. Really? And probably uh, the, the Diet Coke I uh, consume probably is not. So, um, yeah. So. Well, I drink more. Yeah, I drink more Coke Zero than I do coffee. So I, I suppose oh, I'm in a little same, bit of both. <laughs> I'm in that same camp trying to even it out. Yeah. Uh, so, Chris, I've been great. Uh, just uh, had a busy week. Are you guys busy? You're starting to get we're, back into your busy yeah, season. We're we're we've been swamped all year, which is a good thing. So a lot of our clients, you know, we do a lot of financial planning and also estate planning. So that keeps us busy. And sure. Uh, some of the busiest things we've been doing is, uh, you know, the nursing home protection planning, but uh, that'll be a topic for another show. Yeah. So uh, today I thought we'd talk about, I was reading an article about, you know, is it too late to save when you're 50? You know, but I don't think so. So there's a lot of things you can, and I'll, I'll put up a little screen about what you can do. You know, a lot of times people, a couple of things, they haven't saved before they were 50 because they were too busy raising their kids and spending all right. that money on kids. Right. And they're just now probably getting into their, their best earning years. So, um, you know, when you're, you're 30, it, especially if you have kids and you're 30, it, it's, it's hard to save money, you know? So, right. um, you know, once you have uh, your salaries increase or your business doing better, you can you can put a little more money away. Um, so we, we thought we'd go over some of the things uh, you can do when you're 50. And, and most of the stuff that we're going to talk about is people who, who are uh, check cashers, right? They just, they have a wage. Um, they don't have businesses. So they're, they're I don't say they're limited, but, you know, they they have a defined amount of money that's coming in. So what, what can we uh, do to help save some of that money? So, again, I'm going to try and uh, share my screen here. Sure. Um, I don't know if you can see that, but oh yeah, okay. saving after fifty. I love it. And I did it even even worse in Notepad today. So you guys picked oh. on me <laughs> with Word Perfect. So this is Notepad. Uh, so <laughs> so um, first things we th the first things for a lot of people that are working is. You know, there's catch-up rules on your retirement plans. Once you're 50, you get a little increase. It's usually five to seven thousand dollars a year more than if you're under 50. So they're they're helping you catch up to your retirement savings. So if you can take advantage of those and max those out, um, oftentimes uh, your employer will have matching. So you want to make sure you're you're contributing enough that you're you're maxing out 
what your employer is matching. So if they match in your 401k, you're talking yeah. about a 401k right now. Right. So two listeners. Yeah. Right. So, to, you know, they might match two, 3%, maybe I've seen you as high as six or 7%. That's free money. So if you put in, a, you know, you put in some money and they match, so you put in 7%, they put in 7%. That's, that's free money. So, you know, if you're really, um, haven't started saving, these are some of the things that maybe you can, you can catch up on. So, you know, just a little bit. So when you're at, at 50 ish, right. You, you can right now your max, you can put about $30,000 away in one of these 401ks. So if you could save $30,000, simple math for the next 15 years before you retire at 65 and you could average 6%, you'll have over 700 grand. And if you wanted to wait, if you want to work it a longer till 70, you'd have over a million dollars saved. So, wow. um, you know, it's just that, you know, was it, uh, I don't know if it was Thomas Edison. Who was the uh, compounding interest? Compounding interest was it? Yeah. Edison or no? Maybe it was. Uh, Fra- well, it's been attributed to a number of people. Ben yeah. Franklin. Um, yeah. Thomas the, Edison. The power. Yeah. The power of. Uh, or no, Einstein. Maybe it was Einstein. Power yeah, of compounding it, interest. Yeah. They they attribute it to Einstein. That's right. Okay. Well, then uh, you, yeah, he would he kind of knew what he was talking about, you know, so. <laughs> I think he probably did. Albert so, Einstein was so, a sharp I mean, cookie. I mean, yeah. what, what we're kind of saying is that like, it's not too late. Right. right. So, and, right. and you are where you are. So it's, you can't, you can't turn back to time. So if you're, if you're 50, 90, so I haven't saved, forget about it. It, it's, it's not too late. So, you, you know, right. maybe you have to tighten up your budget a little bit because if you're going to put $30,000 away in your, from your salary, um, you may have to tighten your budget a little bit. But that, sure. that, And we'll talk about, I think we, we talk about that later in here. Um, another thing is often a lot of employers now have, uh, will help contribute to a health savings account. So that will be like free money because that's not even taxable to you. So if you can contribute wow. to your health savings account, and use those to pay medical bills in the future. Um, you know, that might be, it's not a ton of money, but it, it can add up over time. Maybe it's only, you know, five grand a year or whatever it is, but it'll add up over time, especially if you're, if your employers, um, contributing to that. Right. Um, maxing out social security. We talked about this and, I, and we should probably, we haven't done this in a while, but we should probably talk about this on another show, but you know, basically at 62, when you first can get your retirement, your social security, you're only getting 75% of what you could get at your full retirement age. So for most people listening or already retired, full retirement age is probably either 66, between 66 and 67. There's like 66 in two months, four months, whatever. So at, at that full retirement age, whatever yours may be, um, you're going to get a hundred percent of what your social security uh, you were supposed to. If you could wait a little longer, it grows by 8% a year. So if you wait until 70, you get 132% of what you would get at 66. Now, the caveat is you get less checks, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, right? yeah. So, if you so, so 70, you know, when we, we've run these social security maximization reports that we've talked about on other shows. And, and if you want us to do one, it's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't cost us anything to do them. Um, 70 is usually not the best time and neither 66. No. So it's somewhere there's a sweet spot in the middle. Yeah. And it's couple, usually not 62 or 70. It's somewhere yeah. in the middle. So yeah. the, um, so what we do is we put in your ages, what your full retirement um, accounts would be. And oftentimes we can tweak it. So some people might say, look, you know, my family history is not good. I'm not going to live to 80. 
or 85. So maybe I want to take it early. Okay. So that's fine. You know, the pure math may say, take it at 67 in two months, but you're saying, no, I'm not waiting that long. Then that's fine. But at least you'll have the information at hand and decide whether or not you want to do that. Um, and 70 is often, I think most people think what I hear generally is what you just said. I'm going to take it at 62. I'll get the most checks. The other one is I'm going to take it at 70 because it's going to be the biggest check. But again, um, you know, if you between 60 and 62 and 70, it's eight years of checks that you're not getting. Right. So somewhere in there, when we run the report, it'll tell you what's the best time to take it. Between for you, for you personally, right. and, and I like how it's personalized, and, and that's what people don't realize is, oh, my brother-in-law said you got to take, yeah. you know, Social Security as soon as you can at sixty-two. That's how you get the most money, and then somebody else says, ah, you got to wait until you're seventy. But it's it, it's different for everybody. But I love that report because it helps people find their sweet spot. Plus, you know, everybody has a different sweet spot where it's going to work the best for them. And and, you know, you can calculate nobody has a crystal ball, but you can calculate it out to to the best of your ability. And that's going to help you in retirement. That's a that is a great way to save Uh, after, you know, and it's not just linear. So it's not just, you know, I could do it on a calculator because there's so many other factors. It depends if you're married, depends what your spouse, you know, so when we do this, if you're married, we're crunching the numbers to say what is the best overall for the whole family when to take it. If your wife's older, your wife could be younger, vice versa. So um, maybe they, maybe your spouse didn't work. She's going to take, or he's going to take part of your, not part of yours, but it's going to be based on your social security. Maybe they did work and those can based on. So there's a lot of factors to go into just uh, crunching the numbers. So um, again, it's a free report. So if you want to come in and uh, uh, do it, like it probably takes 15 minutes to do it. So, um, also, uh, as we talked in other shows, you know, look, more than half the marriages end in divorce today. So there is um, a provision for ex-spouses. So the next spouse can get up to 50% of the spouse's Social Security. It doesn't affect the, the, the ex-spouse. They still get theirs, but you can get up to 50% of, um, but a couple of rules, you have to be full retirement age and you have to be married for at least 10 years. Right. And uh, there are there are there are some other factors in there. Like if if you're retired, if your Social Security is more or if you're making too much like my sister, she has a situation, but they they're telling her because she's still working, she's making too much. So she doesn't get this. So so there are some factors in there. But, if you know, if you if you do have that situation, at least come in and talk about it and maybe we can run the numbers and find out maybe you can. I mean, maybe you can't. And it's not going to affect your Social Security when you turn your full retirement age. So maybe this is some free, I don't say free money, but uh, you, you did go through the pain of uh, getting divorced. But um, so uh, but it's it's available money. So why not take it if you if if it's available to you? Right. Um, well, yeah, obviously you want to take advantage of it. And uh, that's one a lot of people miss, isn't it? I mean, yeah. uh, there are the spousal benefits and the ex-spouse benefits are amazing. I mean, uh, you know, you can uh, have been. Yeah, there's stories about, uh, you know, somebody was married a long time ago, but they were married for 10 years and they didn't have much social security of their own and they didn't realize they could have been collecting. Yeah. And we've had cases where people have been married more than one time for more than 10 years. Right. 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 Spouse could have died. They remarried. So, um, 
so you get to pick the highest that whichever one's the highest you can get. And um, the other fact I didn't put on here is sometimes you have in second marriages, you might have uh, minor children. So someone uh, gets remarried later in life and has um, married, let's say marries a younger woman and they have, they have children in the second marriage. So the, the husband, let's say, who's 65 years old now goes to collect social security, his minor children well, can also get a check. You know, there's there's maximization, there's max limits on how much the family can get in total, but um, we've seen this happen several times. So, you know, dad's 65 years old, mom's 32. They have kids. The kids are minors. Not only is dad going to get a social security check, but the minors can get social security checks too. So, um, and that's not uncommon, but I think a lot of people don't know that. So, um, if that's one of your situations that that's worth, um, talking about, you know, just yeah. investigate it. You know, the worst they can say is no, you don't get it. Right. Or you're already right. maxed out for the family. So, but, right. but you'd hate, you know, it could be thousands of bucks a month. So if your kids are minors, you know, and they might get checks until they're 18. I mean, so, uh, you know, they put that money away from the kid that might pay for their college or whatever. So, um, let's, we'll talk about that. Paying down debt, it's not uh, it's not really good to go into retirement with a lot of debt unless it's right. unless it's calculated. Like if, unless it's good debt, there's good right. debt and bad debt, right? I mean, right. if if, uh, if you're earning you know six uh, percent on your investments and your mortgage loan is only is three percent, like ours is two point nine. Um, you'd be stupid to take that money that you have, you could have invested Correct. in the market and use it to pay off your 3% mortgage. That doesn't make any sense. Why not use the bank's money instead of yours and keep yours invested and in earning money, right? Is that the point? Absolutely. And the, the counter is true too. You have 25% credit card debt. You got to get rid of that. Yes. Right. Even if you have to take out an equity line on your house to pay it off your equity line, you know, what's going to be five, six, seven, I don't know what sure what the rates are in equity lines right now, yeah. but it's going to be, it's going to be a hell of a lot cheaper than 25% on a credit card. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you um, are getting into retirement, you got to get rid of that credit card debt. Um, you know, it's just, it's so easy to spend on credit cards and I don't want to say I'm guilty of it, but um like the difference between having cash in your hand and a credit card, has got a $20,000 limit. Like if you only have a hundred bucks in your hand, that's all you're spending that day. Right. So, um, cause people get caught up in it and all of a sudden they're, you know, they're like, wow, I got $50,000 of credit card debt and you're making the monthly payment. You're like, Oh, I'm making the monthly payment every year. You're never going to pay it off. It's going to be 20 years later. You're still going to owe the money. So, so, um, <clears throat> credit card debt's a big one. Um, mortgages, we talked a little about that. If you got a really good interest rate in the last few years, maybe you want to keep that. Uh, car loans. I often look at car loans. Um, oftentimes they're, you know, last time I looked at a car loan, they're often car loans at like 1% or something like that. So maybe you take that loan. Um, yeah. So, but if you're going to pay six, seven, 8%, then, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, and then a lot of people lease, right? So we have a lot of clients that, as they get older, they look, they just want, they want to know I'm spending $310 a month on my car. Yeah. And they're okay with having that payment forever. 
So, so they can budget that and say, look, I'm okay with that. I don't, and they're not worried about the interest rate and whether it's, you know, fiscally responsible and all that. But they, look, I know I can afford $310 a month and that's what I want to lease for. So, um, and my, and I, and my mom's like that. She has, she's been leasing cars for the last, oh, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years. Cause she doesn't want the maintenance. God bless her. She probably drives maybe 6,000 miles a year. Right. <laughs> so, so um, now if you're going to lease and you're going to drive 40,000 miles a year, that's probably not going to be a good, good option for you. Right. Cause you're going to go over the, you know, most leases are 12 to 15,000 miles a year. And then if you go over, it might be like 25 cents a mile. So you got to be careful on, on that. So yeah. Um, the other thing is, is go through a real budget. We talked, I think we talked about this on the last show is like, how much are you really spending a month? You'd be surprised how much you spend a month? How much is your your stupid phone bill and cable bill? Yeah, call it, if they even call it cable anymore, what you know, tell, tell, your streaming you know, services? Yeah. I mean, and you got six streaming services and you don't watch any of them. Yeah. Um. So maybe you can cut like you might be able to cut a couple hundred bucks a month out of that, and yeah. uh, that's just a little more. You put People don't like to think about that, but uh, the budget maybe call it a spending plan if that helps. Yeah. But it, I, I'll tell you what, it helps so much. Yeah. I know if there if we go through times where my wife and I don't take time to budget, we're stressed about money all the time. Right. If we take time to budget, sit down one night, even one night a month. Uh, to plan out the next right. month, it it's uh, it makes a world of difference, and we end up spending less money. Yeah, and probably you know ninety five percent of the people listening or watching this are like we say they're they're it's not derogatory. They're, we call them check cashers, right? They're used to having a paycheck every every month, so they don't have the ability in their job to make an extra ten grand next month because they had a good month, right? So, so the budget becomes important because when as you if you're trying to save some money after 50. Well, where, where can I save a few hundred bucks a month? We just said like 30,000 bucks for the next 15 years is 700 grand. And what is, I don't know, 30,000 divided by 12, you know, it's 2,500 bucks or something like that. So if you can save, maybe you could save 500 bucks a month. If you'd really look at, I'm not saying live like a pauper, but um, like everyone can probably tighten their budget somewhere. So, um, so, so that's uh, um, key. Um, keep working. So there's uh, mm. studies that show one, maybe you keep working at your job for a couple extra years. So you're making 60, 70,000 bucks. And if you can, that's a lot of money to just give away if you're not really ready to retire and just say, well, I'm hit this magic age and supposed to retire. You might like your job. I have a lot of clients that, that are working in their seventies because they love their job, believe it or right. not. Yeah. Like you, you'll probably work forever, Tony, with that. Yeah, voice. as long as my voice holds out, I'm going to be <laughs> doing this, Chris. I tell you that right now. Or or we've seen a lot of people, they will uh, retire, turn on their retirement plan, and maybe go back to work part-time. Oftentimes yeah. in the same job. Like yeah. we've seen with, uh, I don't know, it's police officers or teachers or something. So they, they, don't, they don't consider double dipping. It's like you earned your retirement, you get your retirement, but you want to come back to work as a consultant or something like that. We'll, we'll continue to pay you. So um, and maybe that's an option for you. If you have that type of job where you can do that. Um, or some people will down, you know, phase down a bit. They'll work three days a week or two days a week um, just to keep active, keep their mind fresh. They still like what they're doing, but they don't want the, you know, 40 hour work week. So, so that might be a way to be able to earn a little bit extra money that you, you can sock away. So, you know, it doesn't, take 
it takes effort, but it doesn't take like number two up there. It doesn't take a ton of money as long as you're disciplined for 15 years to get a nice nest egg. Right. So, um, I think if, if people will max these, these options out, retirement catch-up rules are, are key. I think it's at least five to $7,000 now that's extra. Um, get your employer, employer matching. That's often overlooked. I, 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 that's, there's people in our, in our company that don't get into our retirement plan, but um, and it's all personal choice. Maybe they said, well, I'm just going to save it on my own. I don't, but the question is, are you saving it on your own? Right. So if you're, if you're not taking advantage of the opportunities at your employment, are you taking that extra money that you could have been saving? Are you really saving it or are you just spending it? So, um, you know, don't go out to eat six days a week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That'll probably, probably help our little, our, our, our middle, middle line too. So, uh, three um, times, three times a day, six times a week. Yeah, I know, expensive. I know people who do it. Yeah. It's crazy expensive. And, and, and it's, it's, it's easy to do while you're working, right? You might go grab something in the morning before you come to work, you're grabbing lunch and then uh, maybe you're even grabbing dinner, but you might be in two, two to three times a day. So um, not that it's super, maybe it's not the money, but it's probably not the best food either. So healthiest food. So uh, yeah, I'll do that. Um, so tightening that budget, paying down the debt, keep working if you, if you like it. Um, we have a lot of people said look, uh, and that all goes back to when should I take my social security? If you yeah, hate what you true. do, you might want to take your social security early, even yeah. though it's not the best opportunity. Mathematically, it's not the best time, but some people just like, I can't take it anymore. I hate right. my employer. Yeah. I hate my, I hate my coworkers. I just want, or the industry's falling apart. You know, maybe they don't, you know, you know, they're, 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 they're a cobbler. We don't, we don't have cobblers anymore. Right. They people just <laughs> buy, buy new shoes, right. We don't, we don't have blacksmiths anymore either. So maybe yeah. their industry is going away. They're a film developer. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or they work so, in print. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so maybe they have to keep working and, and, and do things like that. So, or sure. they take their retirement a little bit early, but the other thing, let's talk a little bit more about social security. Cause we got a little bit of time. Um, you gotta be careful when you take your social security early, if you're still working. So if you haven't hit your what full retirement, let's say your full retirement age in our example, 66, if you take it early, one, you're going to get less money. And two, you may get you penalized. Only make, yeah. Right. You can only make so much yeah. before they start taking it back exactly. and with, so withholding it until right. later. Because so after, I don't know the exact number anymore. It's like 15,000 or 16,000, whatever it is. But if you're making more than that, then for every $2 or over the limit, they're going to take a dollar back on social security. So yeah. not only have you, you take a little higher now, like 19 yeah. or 20, but it's low. I mean, yeah. it's, you're not going to be able to work full-time, even part-time jobs. Most of them will exceed that limit. And then um, not only are they going to take the money back, but you're still stuck at the lower rate. Like you're stuck at 62, right? You're stuck at 75%. Yeah. Now you've you locked have, in a lower rate. Now you do have an option to undo that just once, but, you have to do it within 12 months. So you, and you have you, to pay back anything you've gotten. Exactly. Now that used to be, it was unlimited. You could, you could take the money at 62 and pay it all back at 70 and get your, get your higher rate. But they put a kibosh to that several years ago. Say, look, we're not giving people an interest free loan for eight years. So they allow you to do it once within 12 months. Uh, the other, the other issue is if you're on Medicare, right? You're 65, you're on Medicare. If you make too much money, there's no such thing. If you make too much money, but 
There is for Medicare. So if you're over the, 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 the Irma rate, you have to pay more for your Medicare. You may be paying three or $400 more a month for your Medicare, even though you're getting the same I, Medicare. Yeah. I did. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. That you had to. Yeah. So, so um, I forgot the, I think it was married couples is about 180 or so uh, single people's about nineties. So if you're, if oh, you're, that's right. It is, it is uh, it's progressive where right. it goes up, the more you make. Yeah. That's yeah. So true. then, yeah. so instead of paying, you know, hundred and some dollars a month for Medicare, maybe you end up paying $400 a month for Medicare and you didn't factor it in, you know? So mm. those are all yeah. things you got to talk about when you oh, talk about sure. whether you take your social security, but because it's, it's very penal, if you, you know, you go over $1, they charge you. So, um, so that leads us to the last thing thing is look, work with, a which is the most important. Yeah. Work with a financial professional who does this. Like, look, I don't change my own oil in my car. I probably, probably could probably get a little messy, but I'd rather just go pay someone to do it. Right. Right. So same you thing, both. you know, everyone has their, their, uh, forte. So, uh, if, if like mathematically you might be able to do it, but you, like, you don't know everything that we know. But there are really costly mistakes that you'll probably end up making at least yeah. one or two of those on, on a list of costly mistakes that you wouldn't, if you work with a financial service, you know, and, and study after study has been done. I mean, Columbia university did a study of those who work with uh, financial advisors who are fiduciaries versus those who don't to plan their retirement and right. their, um, uh, investments and savings. And, you know, on average, they all came out ahead even after any, any fees that they yeah. pay for that. I think, service. I think F Fidelity did one a few years ago and it said working with a professional on the average after their fee still, you still make about 3% more. A You're year. still 3% yeah. ahead of the game. Yeah. So, that was um, Fidelity. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, there's some mistakes that you can make that you can't undo that are very costly. Right. And we talked about it on other shows. We talked about people taking their dad's IRAs and putting in their IRAs and things like that. So some of them are so penal and you can't undo it. Now, I, I don't know why people get hung up about paying for financial advice. Like you pay for everything, right? Yeah. The financial it's, advisor it's not has like to, it's even that right. expensive. Yeah, I mean, and, and the financial don't advisor that much. Right. I mean, really. And the it's financial, right. The financial advisor has to make a living too. Right. So well, it's um, not a flat fee, but it's a fee right. based on what, yeah. how much you manage of that right. money. So, yeah. so you know, the average is usually somewhere one, most of it's half a percent to one and a half percent, somewhere in there. But the fee isn't the overall, shouldn't be the overall drive, driving factor. It should be, what are you getting for the fee? Yeah. Are they really helping you through all these things? Because at the end of the day, like you pay to get your haircut, you get paid, right. you pay, you have to pay everybody. So why is people hung up on paying a financial professional? I, you know, I just don't get it, but uh, it is what it is. I think we're, it was a, um, I think we're running out of time already. Yeah. So, um, so any, any questions or comments you have on this, Tony? Well, I think, yeah, I'm glad. I think you covered it really well. There are a lot of ways to save after 50. If you tighten the belt a little bit and put more away, uh, the catch-up contributions are huge. And you mentioned those at the beginning of the show. Uh, and everything in between to the final piece, have a fiduciary who's 
going to look out for your best interest. That's what it means to be a fiduciary. So if you're working with somebody now and they call themselves a financial planner, make sure they're a fiduciary. Make sure they're working for you. And, you know, if you want to get a second opinion on that plan, Chris, I think they should pick up the phone, give you a call at Brookside because you've got a great staff there. You and Tony and the staff there do a great job and you guys retire every day. I mean, I don't know people who think we do. Yeah. (laughs) uh, uh, You, you go through this process with people as far as investing and creating uh, retirement funds and retirement income. You, you do this every day and go through things like social security, estate planning, healthcare planning, Medicare planning. You do this every day with your clients and with people you meet with. Uh, I, I just, to the DIYers out there, don't, don't go it alone. You know, use a financial professional. Yeah. It's not, it's oftentimes what you don't know that's going to hurt you. It's not like, yeah. Yeah. It's like sometimes you see a, a legal document. So I read the whole thing. Yeah. It looks good, but there's 17 things that should be in there that aren't in there. Right. So, yeah. Um, so uh, give us a call at 440-886-3550 or our website, brooksidetax.com. We have a calendarly system that you can go in and make your own appointment. So you can go on our, our website and make your own appointment if you want. Again, brooksidetax.com or 440-886-3550. All right. All right. Thanks, Tony. We'll uh, yeah. take great us show, out and we'll uh, see you next week. Yeah. Well, another great episode of The Road to Retirement with our host, Mr. Chris Anselmo. Thanks, Tony. Thank you for listening to Road to Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Call 440-886-3550 or visit them online at brooksidetax.com. Advisory services are offered by Brookside Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. Insurance products and services are offered through Brookside Tax and Financial Group, LLC, an affiliated company. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. We are not affiliated with or enforced by the Social Security Administration, the Federal Medicare Program, or any other government agency. Calling this number will direct you to a licensed sales agent.